I bet you're sick of getting results over and over again from the same sources from your search engine. So good news, Luxel is different. We put you in control, removing search engine bias and improving your access to information. Check out Luxel today. That's L-U-X-X-L-E dot com. You're going to love your results because you have the power to discover how you want. Welcome to the Adrian Ross Show. I'm glad you're tuned in and let me first apologize that this is a few days late. I had put up a couple posts on social media stating that um, I would not have an episode ready for Tuesday when the episode normally drops, and uh, but that I intended to do so before the week ended. And I was I was hopeful that that would happen. And so here I am. And I wasn't feeling well. Actually, I'm I'm not uh, back at 100%, but I am persevering. Throw some makeup on and, you know, it can do wonders. Although, you know, I may still not look that wonderful. For those of you who are watching and those of you who are listening, you're none the wiser, except that I'm telling you, right? But um, but yeah, um, haven't been feeling well, but I didn't want to let the full week go by without um without doing an episode. So so here we are. This is really important what we're talking about today. I went to see a few days ago the movie Sound of Freedom. And of course, I know that you've been hearing about it because uh it's been an absolute um blockbuster and um, has far exceeded some people's uh, expectations, I suppose, uh, particularly those who uh, fought to keep it uh, away from the people. And we'll talk about that also. But um, thankfully, Jim Caviezel and Angel Studios got this thing out because this is a movie that is absolutely uh, important for people to see, even though there are some out there again, trying to stop truth going forward. And again, we will we will talk about that. So Sound of Freedom. Let me say first that I wasn't going to see the movie. I When I first heard about it uh, briefly, I uh, determined that I was not going to see it. I didn't even watch the trailer. I never, I still haven't ever watched the trailer. And um, I, I, I wasn't planning to go see it. And then I noticed that my pastor had put up a post encouraging everyone to go see the movie. And he's my pastor. He's a man of God. Uh, and he doesn't generally go around pushing movies. So that caught my attention. And I was thinking, oh, man, like, I really don't want to see this movie, which I'll explain. But, um, you know, I, I trust his judgment. And he feels like people really need to see the movie. So, you know, I had uh, start. I said, you know, I I guess I'll go see the movie. But then someone had uh, had started a thread, a text message thread with a few people talking about how certain people or outlets or Hollywood or whatever were bashing the movie, and. Um, you know, the more that I would hear that, the more that I felt compelled to see the movie. And so I was like, okay, if I go, I'm going to go tomorrow. This was whatever that particular day was. And I was thinking about this. I'll go tomorrow because it was, 
you know, it was a day where there's a discount at the movie theater and I was going to push myself. But honestly, every time I thought about going to the movie, my stomach just hurt. Like I, I just was like, ah, but you know, but pastor really feels like we need to see it. So anyway, when the person started this thread, I asked the question, I said, listen, um, I have issues with seeing movies like this and I'm just not sure, but you know, pastor really thinks it's a good idea. And so anyway, I got a little bit of feedback and, and, and then finally a friend of mine reached out um, in that thread, reached out privately and, um, and understanding how these movies are for me, certain types of movies. She thought, you know, Adrian, you do know you're not, it's not like you're a person who buries your head in the sand. You understand that these things go on and it might be a good idea for you not to see the movie given you know, what you're saying about how you tend to handle these movies. Anyway, someone else had said, you know what, why don't you pray about it? I'm sure the Lord will direct you. And I thought, well, I figured the Lord was going to direct me to do what pastor says, right? But, um, so I prayed a little bit. I didn't really pray that much about it, but I prayed a little bit about it. I had determined I wasn't going to see the movie. Like I said, when I thought about it, it just didn't feel right. And, uh, and then I did pray a little bit, like I said, about going to see Sound of Freedom. and. Um, and I, I, again, I had put away going, but then I started reconsidering a few days, a couple days before I actually went. And I know there are some of you who might be watching or listening and you're thinking like, really, is it really that deep, Adrian? Is it really that deep of a process for you to figure out whether you want to see Sound of Freedom? And it is. And, it, and I'll have to explain to you why. And uh, let me make sure I mention this for those who may not know, Sound of Freedom is based on a true story. And um, and it is that deep of an issue for me personally. Other people, I'm not a movie person, first of all, I'm just not. Every once in a while, there's a movie that comes out that I, that I wanna see. Like I saw Jesus Revolution, powerful. But you guys, you have to understand, before I even went to see, if you remember, um, I can only imagine, I, was, I sought advice about that because I'm very emotional and, um, and I don't wanna be there crying in the movies and, and all that. But let me tell you why this was so, so deep. Now, I had never even heard of Jim Caviezel. Again, I'm not a movie person, so I don't, I don't know these people and things like that. But um, so I found out though that he was also in The Passion of the Christ. And that was interesting because as I was thinking and deciding about the movie, I had to think about The Passion of the Christ. And, and so let me explain why this was such an or ordeal for me. I chose to go to see The Passion of the Christ after the turmoil of deciding. I have a very weak stomach and I don't do so well with these things. And they they tend to bother me, not just in the moment, but they they tend to haunt me uh, for a while. And the passion of the Christ is an example of that. Wasn't going to go. I decided to go with a bunch of people from church at the time. I was still in New York, living in New York at the time. And a bunch of us from church went to see the passion of the Christ. And it was a powerful movie and it had a powerful effect on me. I again have a weak stomach. And so I was sitting there in the theater. I recall having my coat 
halfway over my head because I could barely watch the images on the screen of how Jesus was, how he was treated and, and then obviously crucified. So the, the, the coat is over my head halfway. I'm looking and, uh, you know, enough to be able to, you know, to be able to see, um, and then be able to, to read the subtitles, but I was just for, for parts of it hunched down and just kind of covered. It was, it was horrible. Um, just beholding that the movie was powerful, but it was, it's, it's horrible to see how he was treated. And, um, and then I, at, at some points in the movie, I remember feeling like I was going to pass out. And I'm not saying that as hyperbole, like, oh my goodness, I could have passed out. No, I mean, I literally felt that I was going to pass out. That's how, that's how those images impacted me. And knowing, of course, that Jesus really endured this kind of suffering for all mankind in just seeing it there, it was, you know, it was just, it was overwhelming for me. And like I said, hardly able to watch uh, parts of it. And then, um, and then really literally feeling like I could pass out. And um, so again, I have a weak stomach as I, as I said, but when I say that, that a movie can haunt me afterwards, Passion of the Christ is an example of that because when the movie ended, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in the theater. Nobody was talking. It was, it was so gripping. And if you've never seen it, I, I'm sure it's, it's on still out on whatever people use nowadays to watch movies, DVD or whatever. I guess people are really not using that anymore. Right. Whatever. Uh, um, it's it's something to to behold if if you have uh if you can can do that um but it was so silent and then as we walked out of the theater again no one said anything you know nobody was we walked to our car our, our cars no one said anything as we were in the cars no one said anything because it rendered you speechless speechless but it wasn't just for that moment or for those moments. It was, um, I, I remember saying goodnight. I think that's the only thing we said was goodnight. You know, and that was probably hard to get out, believe it or not. But even for days after, I struggled. I struggled praying. I, I remember being on my knees to pray and and I just didn't have hardly anything to say. And um, it wasn't um, it wasn't like, uh, you know, like we should be doing more of where we're not just talking to the Lord, where we're actually quiet so we can actually listen, so we can shut up and listen. That we need to do more of, right? But it wasn't like that. It was just that I could not, I could not really find the words I was trying to form words to the Lord, but it was like nothing did justice. And I remember clearly opening my mouth to say what I have said many times. Um, I, I, I went to say, 
I love you, Lord. And uh, and again, I've I've I, I had said that many times before, and many times since. But I remember trying to say that, and it was like I got I and I just I couldn't get the whole thing out. And it's not that I didn't love the Lord. It's that it seemed so shallow because watching that movie showed me what love really looks like, you know, like seeing Jesus suffer. Um, it was, it, and knowing that he was suffering for me and for all of us, it, it was like, this is what real love looks like. And so anything that I could possibly try to say just seemed shallow, just fell short because nothing that I could possibly do or anything I possibly had done qualifies as love compared to looking at that screen and seeing what true love really is. And, um, and so it just messed me up for a while. It just, um, like I said, I, I just trying to pray was just difficult because, you know, we run off at the mouth and we say so much and we flippantly, I love you, Lord. And yet he, he before us, you know, I'm looking at what love is and it's like, you don't even measure up to that. And, and of course I'm not expected to measure up to that, but you get what I'm saying. So it was, it was, um, and it was a good kind of mess up. When I say it messed me up, I need to be messed up. I, I need to be wrecked. But, you know, before um, I went to see the movie um, Sound of Freedom, when I was, when Pastor had first said, we all need to see it. And I had said, well, I'm going to do what Pastor says to do because I trust his heart. And I, and I, and I know that there's got to be something in it if he's, if he's pushing a movie. Um, I had posted on social media. I said, I, I really, I know I need to see this movie, but I really don't want to see this movie um, because, um, because I, I know it's going to wreck me and I don't want to be wrecked. And I don't like to be wrecked. You know, the passion of the Christ wrecked me. It wrecked me in a good way, you know, and, um, and, and but it's so, so emotional. Like I said, so it's sort of haunting sounds like an oxymoron because we're talking about Jesus. And so haunting, you know, doesn't, but you get my point. It was there. It's, it was heavy. It, it stayed on me. And then of course, being in the theater and seeing the images that I saw being, having such a weak stomach was very difficult. And so when I thought about um, going to see Sound of Freedom, I'm thinking, uh, I don't, I don't, this is heavy. I don't want to see children being treated this way. This is going to, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. And so I had decided I wasn't going to see it. But as I said, a couple of days prior, I, it's, it was there again, you know, um, after seeing how the media were treating it, I was like, that makes me want to see it more than anything. But uh, my stomach was telling me I didn't want to see it. But a couple of days or, you know, beforehand, there it was again. And I said, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be a big girl and, and I'm going to go. And um, and so I got in my car and I was asking the Lord for help. And you might think that's weird, but I it wasn't for me. I was just like, Lord, you know, help me to handle to handle the movie, help me to be able to, to do this without it totally messing me up. 
And um, and so I I then when I got to the theater, I got on my car and I I did a, a video I was going to post before I went in um to the theater. So I did a movie about all of my my thoughts and, and everything like that. And then after I did it, I, I decided that I would hold off and, and I would not post it. And I'm just gonna go in and and see and, and see the movie. And and so I did. And then after the movie, I did post and encourage people to go see it. I said I would hold off on my thoughts because it was just too soon and too raw. And I wanted to wait. I needed to wait. And I did. I waited. And here I am. And now um, I believe able to talk about um, Sound of Freedom. And I'm going to give my thoughts on the movie in addition to um, some statistics about uh, trafficking and also, uh, you know, want to call out some of these outlets that for interesting, uh, uh, some of these outlets that interestingly, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, don't really want people to see it, kind of hating on it, makes you kind of go, hmm. And, um, and then I want to give you some, some life takeaways. I, I don't, I don't feel like I need a spoiler alert because I'm not going to give away anything. I don't feel I'm really going to talk about the movie and, and, and very, um, for the most part, generic, uh, generic, uh, terms. So, um, so the movie is, it's heartrending, you know? Um, and, and yes, I did, I did feel over, um, overwhelmed is the, is the wrong words. I really think the Lord kind of shielded me from feeling completely, you know, overwhelmed, but I, I did, I did feel, I did feel overcome. Maybe that's a better word with tears and sorrow at some points, but it wasn't unbearable. Like I, I wasn't sure if I would be able to see the whole thing. Like I was like, well, well, I have to get up and walk out because I would, if I, if I felt that. Um, And so I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case, that, that was not the case. It was sad. It was heart rending. It was enough to make you angry. It should and it was weird because it's like, you know, someone's going to see the movie and you want to, you know, your instinct would be like, enjoy the movie, which we say about certain, you know, movies. Oh, go have a good time. But it's really not the movie that you're you're going to be like, oh, enjoy the movie. It's, it's although it's a it's a powerful movie, but it's just kind of seems odd to say that about about this kind of movie. But such a powerful, uh, 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 good movie. But yeah, it, it it tears at your heart. and. um one of the things that really grabbed me was at the very beginning because the young boy in the movie, his eyes, his eyes are so piercing and they just scream innocence. You know, we're talking about children who are innocent and then knowing that this is a true story um, to behold such evil this is based on a true story to behold that kind of evil it just it just is it's mind boggling that there are people who prey on children but we're seeing it we're seeing the grooming and we're seeing the drag shows and we're seeing the literature we're seeing this stuff happen which i believe pushes us right to this place of people even being accepting 
of this kind of trafficking and slavery and horror and evil. So looking at these the boy's eyes, I'm looking at how innocent he is and even how naive, I guess, I don't know if naive, naive sounds like an insult, um, but even the father in the beginning, you know, of the movie, again, I don't want to give too much away, but he was trusting. And, um, and that's what led to the open door for, for the children to be in this situation, the children, um, and the, and the, the child, the girl that the, the movie uh, focuses on quite a bit, but the young boy, his eyes just scream innocence. And it just makes me, it just hurts my heart. When I, when I look at that, when I, when I looked at that, it hurt my heart. And then of course, the, the many, many other children, but the, the movie narrowed in on, on these children. And I just saw that innocence just ripped away from them. Um, and it, it, it's, um, this evil is enough to just sort of grip you. It, it changes things. It makes you think like, and I've already been thinking about that with this transgender stuff, but it makes you think about things about um, when you go into, when you, when you're going somewhere and you're by yourself and you're realizing that this is not just some fairy tale, like this is really happening to, to children, to adults. It's sick. It's evil. Um, and I'm, and I'm, as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, how in the world is this taking place anywhere? And in the United States of America, how do we have such a problem? Like some people don't really, they don't really get it. They don't really, they don't really get that this is real, you know, and, and we've got this kind of trafficking this kind of slavery taking place in the greatest country in the world with the greatest military in the world and i'm trying to figure out how does this happen i feel like and 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 i could be wrong i know this is a huge problem but i feel like we should be able as americans to put a stop to this i feel like it is absolutely um incomprehensible that that we've got so many children anyone but children being sex trafficked in this country i feel like i hate to say it but it's true i feel like if we truly wanted to stop it and that sounds so horrible but i feel like if we truly wanted to stop it it would stop and again, that sounds like a horrible accusation. And I'm not, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not a law enforcement person. I just know that this is the United States of America and children, even as I speak, are, are in, these, in this sex trafficking evil and they are captive in the greatest country in the world. Anywhere it's unacceptable, but how is that happening? in this country i don't get it and other and, and this is the thing people are whining and complaining about a song by uh by a, a country singer jason aldean aldean i'm not even sure how to pronounce it right and and 
accusing the song of being racist and the artist of being racist and oh it's 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 horrible and and people are whining fake whining about um uh, standards of education in the state of Florida and pointing their fingers at Ron DeSantis and calling him a racist. And people are actually saying he wants to bring slavery back and all that. And they've got all this faux outrage about absolute nonsense. And couldn't many of them couldn't care less about the real issue of slavery that still exists today and absolutely destroying children's lives. It is a travesty that I can't even wrap my brain around. I just can't wrap my brain around it. And um, there is something to be said for watching the movie, even if you know this exists, even if you are one of the ones who is outraged as you should be by this, whose heart is, is just ripped, it feels like about this. I still say that there's, there's something we know, there's something about seeing that. And so if you can, I encourage you and that's, you know, to see this movie and this from a person who wasn't going to see the movie herself and wasn't even sure that she'd be able to get through it. But it's it's powerful and um and it really does does speak some beyond the plot of the movie. It speaks some things to me. Because I'm always seeing things, um, you know, some people, they'll they'll hear a song and they hear the song, they'll hear, they'll, they'll see a movie and they just see the movie. You know, my brain works a little bit differently. God has wired me a little bit differently. So I'm always seeing, you know, my friends joke that I could create a message to preach um, about anything. And it's true. I do tend to see a message in absolutely, uh, absolutely anything, you know, and that's how, that's how I'm wired, you know, um, but it, nonetheless, um, back to my point, I, I do want to share some of those some of those life lessons that I get. But first, I want to say I want to give you some uh, some st some statistics. Actually, before I get to the statistics, I want to share. You're, you're hearing my response to the movie, um, and you've probably heard other people's responses to the movie. I mean, people have come out of that movie and yes, they were wrecked and people have, I've seen people post things on social media. There are some I didn't even want to watch because I, this was before I saw it. And I'm like, I can't, my heart can't, can't take it. But people were visibly shaken by this. Um, but then we have CNN and Rolling Stone, uh, among others, who uh, have a totally different movie. And again, you've got to wonder why. Let's take a look at what CNN said about this powerful movie based on a true story. You seem pretty familiar with him because he doesn't really hide his association with this real wild plot uh, that that involves, you know, drinking the blood of children and things like that. 
No, he doesn't hide it at all. And you have a lot of people who are in this world of QAnon who say, oh, they don't know what that is. They've never heard of it. They're just asking questions. With somebody like Jim Caviezel, he is openly embracing it. He's openly using its catchphrases and its concepts. He's speaking at QAnon conventions. And this film is being marketed to either specific QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets as QAnon, but claim they don't know what it is. And The Sound of Freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, but that theme, it, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, tell us how those two things work together. Sure. And the most durable and the most believable conspiracy theories are not entirely false. There's something in them that is true and the rest of it is false. But the believers point to the one true thing and they say, oh, you don't believe that this particular thing is true. In terms of child trafficking, we know trafficking is real. We know it has real victims. No one is denying that. But these films are created out of moral panics. They're created out of bogus statistics. They're created out of fear. And with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by the high-level elites and only people like Tim Ballard and only people like Jim Caviezel and by extension only people like the ticket buyer can help bring these trafficking rings down. So there's a very participatory element. You're not just going to see a movie, you're just killing two hours on a hot day. You are helping bring down these, these pedophile rings and save children. Now it's not true, but it's a very comforting and it's a very warm feeling to have. QAnon. So Jim Caviezel and Sound of Freedom are QAnon. This is just some conspiracy. And notice the condescension in his voice. I, I think it's Rothschild is his last name. Not familiar with him, but you can hear the condescension in his in his voice. And they try to throw a little bone, you know, uh, you know, well, there, there's some truth to it. You know, we all have some truth to it, but this is just, uh, you know, just some kind of moral something, something and fake statistics and all that. It's sickening. It's sickening that that that's the response to this movie to to uh, encourage people to not see the movie or we might say discourage people from going to see the movie. That to me is is disgusting. Your focus is the fact that you don't seem to care for uh, Jim Caviezel. You know, obviously uh, the same man who was in the Passion of the Christ, which let's be honest, the left doesn't seem, you know, the left doesn't seem to be too interested in anything that promotes Christianity, that promotes faith. That's the response to this movie highlighting what, children are enduring and what people pedophiles and 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 people are are looking the other way uh, as in people looking the other way and pedophiles getting off on the on children and so you know we're going to we're going to like kind of give it the thumbs down it is absolutely sick that's what we're dealing with and that's CNN no wonder their ratings are so bad and they should be even worse it's just ridiculous. Uh, Donald Trump has it right. Fake news. Fake news. I'm disgusted by that, as are many other people, which is why I heard of the CNN interview, because other people were blasting it as well. And you've got to wonder why anyone would try to downplay 
sex trafficking and a movie that tells the story of Tim Ballard. The, this is based on a true story. And then she mentions the drinking of blood. I didn't see that in the movie, but that she mentions that as part of the plot. Well, I didn't, I certainly didn't see that in the movie, but I tell you what, call me a conspiracy theorist or not, but evil Satanists do just that. So I wouldn't doubt it at all that this is what they're doing. I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't. That's this is what they do. There's satanic people do satanic things. And this is evil. And no doubt Satanism is a part of this. So yeah, yeah, we, we're gonna call it out, whether you like it or not. And the more we the, the more people who just stand up, I am amazed at the silence of people who even work with children when it comes to things like sex trafficking or anything that's harmful to children. Now, having said that, it's not like I'm going around I, that I have been going around talking about sex trafficking. It's been one of those things that you know exists, but I try for the protection of my own self not to say too much about. So in that respect, okay, I, I, I get it. But even like I said, when it comes to even literature and grooming and things like that, I don't understand why people, particularly people who work closely with children, don't speak up because I believe that those things lead to where, to the to the extreme because we have become desensitized and things concerning children and the sexualization of children, as I have been talking about, becomes normalized. And when it becomes normalized, we see what we see now, which is slavery, sex trafficking in this country. Sick. While we complain about a song uh, in, in, entitled Try That in a Small Town. That's where our focus is and, and calling Ron DeSantis uh, some kind of slavery pusher. It's, it's sick. It's disgusting. So that was CNN. Rolling Stone, I did not read the full Rolling Stone. Um, I did not read the Rolling Stone review. I heard snippets of it, but um, you have to subscribe to Rolling Stone to read the, the review. And I'm not subscribing to Rolling Stone, okay? Um, unlike, you know, Adrian Ross and my Substack, which is certainly worth subscribing to, I'm not going to subscribe to some left, uh, left wing, um, uh, ridiculous outlet that trashes the efforts to highlight how children are mistreated. But I'm just going to share a couple things uh, from that, uh, from doing research um, about what that review stated. So Rolling Stone uh, said that uh, the sound of freedom is not, and I'm quoting, not worth your time or money. Hmm. Also that the film is, and I'll quote again, a harmful and exploitative film that does nothing to help the fight against child trafficking. Hmm. Some other some other points. Um, I guess it's it's criticized as uh, having a white savior narrative. Um, it has a sensationalized depiction of child trafficking. Um, 
It promotes conspiracy theories and mentions QAnon. Uh, let me stop there for a minute. White savior narrative. You know, I, I, I don't want to hear about that. I don't care if you're, I don't, those children don't care if you're white, blue, green, or whatever. We need to rescue children. It, it's not about a white savior narrative. It's based on a true story. He was white. He was white. So what? Let's go get the kids. Okay. Anyway, some other comments uh, from that. Some of the points from the Rolling Stone review. Uh, in addition to the white savior narrative, um, it says that the film enforces stereotypes about trafficking. Uh, the film is hobbled by a near total absence of procedural logic. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. And it says that the, the, the intended viewers are those who are already convinced that, convinced that child trafficking is a major problem. Notice that it says it as if it's not true. The, the, it's, it's intended for those who are already convinced that, it's a, that child trafficking is a major problem and the film does little to inform or educate them. Hmm. Anyway, th those are just some points uh, from that. And again, I have not, I have not read uh, the the whole thing, the whole review, just doing some research. Um, those are some of the things that I found. Um, so notice the words uh, sensationalized, exploitative. Um, it's 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 just kind of sick. And the the parts that I have heard of that, because I've heard other people sharing some parts from Rolling Stone, it's really troubling because it is it is above and beyond a a tear down of this film and i'll say again you have to you have to wonder why and of course they're going to say i'm pushing the conspiracy theory about these folks in hollywood and these folks in hollywood being protected by media and they they want to they want to say that it's a conspiracy that these people are into kids I can't imagine, uh, then tell me, inform me, why such a pushback? I, I even read that there are, um, the, 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 uh, are there are major film critics who are boycotting it. Why? Why? What, what, why, what, why wouldn't you do anything? This, see, this, is, this is my thing. And I'm, I'm going to be writing about the, the song you know, the Aldine song, um, you know, try that in a small town because you know what, that's why we need more. We need more people who say, you know what, don't try that mess up in here. You know, we're going to, we're going to protect our own. And that includes children, not like these people who are, um, they might as well be promoting um, these perverts, you know, because they're not helping. And then, the, you know, then they want to bash where the help is coming from. It's sick. And I am not, and I wonder about their motives. And maybe I don't have to wonder too much. Our children need to be protected now more than ever because folks are sick. Ah. Anyway. So there was CNN and Rolling Stone. Those are just those are just two. But now let me get to some some statistics. And then I'm like I said, I want to give you some of my life, my sort of my general life takeaways from the movie without giving uh, the movie away from those who have not yet seen it. Um, some sex trafficking uh, statistics that I found uh, uh, rather interesting. 
um, I will just first, I'll share my screen again and just, and from what I understand, this is 2023. And this is the a map of the United States and the cases of of child uh, trafficking, not just child trafficking, human human trafficking. And so um, take a look at this. So you can see this map of the United States here. And, uh, and you will see here, um, this is California. California is number one. Up here at the top, you can, you can see that California has uh, human trafficking cases. 1,334 human trafficking cases. It's number one ranked in the United States and number one ranked in the United States in human trafficking victims. So the first 1,334, that's human trafficking cases, 2,122 human trafficking victims. That's outrageous. And that's a that, that's for lack of a better word. Outrageous doesn't do justice, obviously. Okay. Sex trafficking statistics, 1,023, that's ranked number one. Labor trafficking statistics, 131, that's ranked number one. So that's here with the cursor over California. You can see some of these other ones here. This is number two. And uh, so we can look at Texas. Texas is number two, 917, huge difference um, from California, but still, oh my goodness, 912 human trafficking cases, 1,702 trafficking victims. And you can see the other statistics there. Florida is, is, is number three. New York is number four. Michigan is number five. And the numbers decrease, but they are way too high. I just wanted to show you show you that map. And, and I will be sure to put this link in the show notes so you can go to the map yourself. All you have to do is scroll over the there as I'm doing now, and at the top of the page, the numbers uh, show up for the various uh, statistics for those particular those particular states. Really, really sad. So now I just want to read through. I, I I told you the first the first five, but here they are. I'm just going to read off the states. Uh, the first, the top. Um, I'm not going to read all uh, 50 states, but I'll give you the top 10 states. Uh, in terms of human trafficking statistics, as I said, California, then Texas, number so number one, California, number two, Texas, number three, Florida, four, New York, five, Michigan, six, Ohio, seven, Georgia, eight, Illinois, nine, Missouri, my state, and of course, New York, number four being my former state, but nine Missouri and 10 Mississippi. We can go on and on and on. I won't read them all, um, but number 50, we have um, Vermont at, uh, at, at 50. And then you've, so we also have um, like the District of Columbia is in there and uh, Puerto Rico, et cetera. So we actually have 52 on the list. So 50 is Vermont, 51 is Wyoming, 52 is Puerto Rico. And so, um, I don't know what your state is, but um, it, it, it's just, it's mind boggling. I mean, I live in, I live in Missouri. Like, I mean, I find it's like, wow, we're Midwest and, you know, I just, it just blows my mind. Honestly, it, it absolutely blows my mind. And I, I say again, I have a hard time believing that, um, 
that here in the United States of America, we, we can't do we can't do more about it. But then when you got people who think like CNN and Rolling Stone, then maybe that's maybe that shouldn't be a surprise. I'm not casting stones, but I'm I am shaking my head that this in 2023 is 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 going on anywhere and uh, going on here. Wow, just it's just sad. And these are some of the things that the movie draws your your attention to that we don't tend to think about, we don't want to think about, um, we don't know about whatever. So, and these statistics, from what I understand, they're 2023 statistics. So, so there's that part. But um, let me let, let me get to some some sort of uh, general life takeaways uh, from the movie. And again, I, I want to do this without without giving much away. But I I, I I tend to see the picture itself and then also the big picture. And I, and I got a lot out of, out of this, um, this sad movie. And, uh, and I'm going to share some of these takeaways. And if you've seen the movie, then I, then I know you can relate. If you haven't seen the movie, then I, I believe if you do go see the movie, you, you will uh, relate to what I'm saying. So some, some, gen, some general life takeaways. Um, the movie really highlights the sacrifice of a person. I know um, Jim Caviezel said that um, that it's not about a person being a hero here. The story of Tim Ballard is not about him being being the hero. It's about it's about the children, and I and I get that, but it is the story of a of a of a hero because it's the story of intense sacrifice. How many of us would be willing? to step up like this man did, to leave his home, his country, his own children and family, his wife, and go to rescue a person, to rescue. I mean, he could have, I mean, he was, he was already doing important work, but he put a lot on the line. I'm not going to give anything away here or that but he was willing and did walk away from much. It cost him greatly. Even when others would say, just leave it alone. Just let it go. Lock up the bad guys. Don't try to rescue the child, etc." But he was willing to sacrifice. Um, he was the hero, whether he, um, whether Ballard himself would call himself a hero or not, this is a hero's story. And um, to do heroic things, one must sacrifice. And we see that in this story based on a true story. Sacrifice is a huge, huge theme as I see it in this movie, but not just the sacrifice of this man who went on this journey, but also the sacrifice of those left behind. He had the support of a, of a wife who said, baby, go do this. Go do what's in your heart to do. Knowing, knowing she's got a bunch of kids at home. Uh, I don't remember how many I saw in the movie, but there were a whole lot. There were at least five, I think. Could have been seven. I don't know, but there were a lot. You guys can, you know, don't quote me, but there were at least five uh, that, I, that I believe I saw. Either way, he's a father and a husband and his wife, knowing he may not make it back. Honey, go do. This is the right thing to do. Go. God bless you and go. And his children, 
I don't think that there were times when, when they wanted their daddy there when he wasn't there, you know? And even after what takes place at the end of the movie, we understand from the end, you know, the, the words that, that they give you at the end of the movie as it's scrolling. We understand that he didn't just get on the plane and go home. You know, he was there for some time and wherever there is, you can, I don't want to give it away. You can see that when, when you see the movie, but there's always sacrifice. We know that from even people who go off to war, we know that it's, there's a sacrifice from the, for, of the people who are left behind. But to do this, this huge thing that this man did, this dangerous thing, what a sacrifice for those who loved him most. But they knew it was the right thing to do. And, and they supported that. It's just amazing. Another life, you know, life lesson that I get from this movie, another takeaway is that, you know, seemingly bad folks can be an incredible force for good. And you see that in the movie, you know, there's the guy who is, you know, has the, has a history of being a bad guy, but he was, he was of a huge help to Ballard. And again, I don't want to give a whole lot away, but we've got to make sure that we understand. Sometimes we look at people and we just see the bad that they've done. We see the history, but you know what? These, these bad guys, you know, man, their lives can be turned around and they can be an incredible force for good. We can't be writing, writing folks off, right? So, and that's a huge part. Um, they may seem bad. He still seemed tough. He seems seemed tough and, and rugged and, and all that, but he was a, it was an incredible force for good in this story. Um, and also reflecting on your own life. Here's this takeaway, reflecting on your own life keeps you in the fight. You know, one of the things that you hear in the movie, you hear, you know, when people were resistant to wanting to, to help or get involved, you hear the question, what if this was your child? What if this was your child? And when people put themselves uh, in other people's shoes, when they reflect in that personal way, it will cause it will cause us to do things that we otherwise would not do. You know, and it, you know what? It reminds me of my favorite novel, which you know, if you've known me for any length of time or listened to me or anything, you know that my favorite novel is To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. And um, Atticus, at one point, you know, he gives his, his little daughter this, this lesson, Scout. He says, you know, Scout, he said, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. That's always, that's such a, a profound statement. There's something to be said about climbing into someone else's skin. We always say walk a mile in someone's shoes or in their moccasins, right? But as 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 we see in this movie, when you begin to think, what if I were that parent? What what would I what would I do? What would I want someone else to do? And in life, we have to be willing to reflect as if it's your own life. And it makes such a huge difference. Again, these are just some, some takeaways um, from, the, from the whole bigger, I guess, picture of the movie. Another thing that really stood out in me is interesting, like 
a lot of times we're waiting on on God to do something major and something huge. Uh, and yet God, he's waiting on people. God uses people because if you're like me, you've got to be thinking like these children are suffering. Like seeing that in the movie and knowing that it exists, you, you look at that and you go, God is all powerful. God is, he can do anything. He's omnipotent. You know, he's, and he's not just all powerful. He's all knowing he's, he's all everything. Right. And I, if I'm to be honest, I have to say, you got to wonder sometimes you're just like, God, you can, you can rush in and you can put an end to this thing. You're God, (laughs) you know? And sometimes you just honestly don't understand. And we just have to, you know, our our faith in God is not based on the circumstances before us, but let's be real. There are things we just don't understand. And yet one thing I do get is that God, though he could just come in and turn the whole ship upside down. I said ship with a P, make that clear. But God often uses people to do the thing that we're waiting on him to do. You know, God does that. And Ballard was that, played by Jim Caviezel. I mean, he had, he was, he had to put, he was believing for this thing to turn around. He was believing, I, I, I'm sure, for the best. You have to be believing that that there's hope. Otherwise, uh, you know, why, why, why would you go? You know, he had to believe that there was hope, but he couldn't just believe. He had to put feet to his faith, and he had to put his his he had to put himself on the line for that. God uses people. And we sometimes sit back, whatever the area is, it may not be something as huge as this, whatever the area is, sometimes we're looking for God to make the move. And God is saying, I have given you the tools to make the move. And when it comes to protecting children, we can't look the other way and expect God to just fall down from the sky. And, you know, we, what are we willing to do? What, how are we willing to use our voice, our platform, our prayers, our hands, our feet, all, whatever it is, whether it's child trafficking or anything, God uses people. Here's another takeaway. This is, sounds so sad, but sometimes evil folks have to die for others to live. And again, I'm not going to say too much in this story, but Sometimes, you know, we just want to save everybody. We just want everybody to be preserved. We don't want to use any, listen, sometimes for good to prevail, sometimes evil has to die so that others can live. And that's not just in the movie. Like I said, these are life takeaways. You know, you're trying to stand for righteousness and you're trying to protect kids. Sometimes some folks just have to go. We'd rather not, but that is such the case. And we could get into a whole, we can get into a whole discussion about that. We we can get into the whole second amendment thing. We can get all that, that gets people all we read up. But sometimes evil folks have to die for others to live. And uh, interesting, another takeaway is like Ballard was like a, you know, he's like a Jesus-like figure. 
And I was so, I was so gripped and I was so stirred by that um, emotionally, because as I watched the film, um, I realized that what I was seeing was someone who was very similar in his heart, in his actions to Christ, you know, that Jesus was willing to give it all because he loves us. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's the love of God. And Jesus was willing. The Bible talks about that, how for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. It was the joy. What's the joy? Where the joy? Having relationship with us, having eternal life for us, that joy was set before him, but it couldn't come without a price. And when he looked at us, he saw us through eyes of love and he was willing to pay it all, even though he, he um, there was like, the Bible talks about how there was sweat, like great drops of blood. You know, it was, he didn't want to, nobody, nobody's flesh wants to endure what I saw in the passion of the Christ, but because of love, nobody wanted to go through what Ballard went through to rescue, to, to, to make the sacrifice he did, to put it all on the line. But because of the love, because of the joy set before him, being able to take this child and restore her to her father and to her and to her brother. It, it's just um just just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. And I and I wanna <clears throat> I want to say this to you guys, please be sure that you stay at the theater even after you know it's over and the credits begin to roll because you'll see on the bottom right of the screen it'll it'll tell you that there's a special mess a special message in like 2 minutes or 2 and a half minutes whatever whatever the time is it's like it's at least 2 minutes I think it's a little bit more but um it'll tell you that there's a special message. And I saw people getting up and I saw people leaving, you know, instead of waiting for the message, I have to encourage you. The message he gives at the end is, is very important. Very, very important. So just stay. And his message is maybe two minutes long, but you wait about two, two and a half minutes. And then his message is very short, two minutes. I doubt it hit three minutes, but it's worth staying for. So don't go anywhere. Okay, if you have not seen the movie, and you're going to see the movie. Don't don't go anywhere. Stay for that message. And here's an, an aside. Um, and it's going to seem like kind of like really, Adrian. But no, seriously. As I'm watching the movie, I see people get up, they go to the bathroom. And hey, you got to go. You got to go. Right. But if you haven't seen this movie yet, let me just encourage you. Okay, go to the bathroom before the movie starts. All right. Um, and here's a here's a here's a hint for you. Don't drink anything during the movie and then you don't have to get up. And I'm telling I'm going to tell you why I'm not just just saying don't go to the bathroom. But, you know, just this kind of personal. But, yeah, I went to the bathroom before I left home and then I went to the bathroom before I went into the to the actual uh, theater where the movie not to the building theater, but to the theater where Sound of Freedom was. What do they call those? A room? Whatever. The rooms. Um, but I went in, I went to the bathroom because I don't like to get up and go. But I also didn't bring anything to drink. 
And, um, and so, and because, you know, I don't like to get up and, and go out. I hardly ever go to a movie. And if I'm going, I'm not trying to get up and miss part of it after you done spent like 13 bucks for the movie. But, um, but I watched people who, uh, who had left to go to the bathroom. And it was interesting because there were at least, there were, there were at least a couple of them who missed something really important while they were gone. I know it's an odd thing to observe, but I did. I saw people returning and I was just like, oh man, they just missed that. Like one person actually missed the, the reference to the movie, the reference to the title of the movie, which of course is Sound of Freedom. And one person totally, totally missed the reference to the movie because they went out to the bathroom and there was something else, at least one other person, but uh, two or three people I saw they missed something that was really, really important and central to the movie. And I was just like, ah, you just want to tell them, like, you just missed this part, right? Um, so important. So can I encourage you, if you're, if you haven't gone to see the movie, go use the restroom before the movie starts. Don't bring anything to drink into there and just sit and watch this movie so that you don't miss anything. All right. So you don't miss anything. Do I think it's that important? I do. I think it's that important now. So, um, and in this movie, like everything is so, it's so important, but like you missed the whole reference to sound of freedom because you know, you went to the bathroom and you got to go, you got to go. Right. seems kind of silly, but that's, um, that's my aside for you. I, I give that to you for free, but, um, but anyway, I am going to be sure in the show notes to put, the links to the stats about child trafficking or human trafficking in um, in the United States and um, the, the statistics. Also, please take note, and I'll put this in the show notes also. This is very important. The National Human Trafficking Hotline, the National Human Trafficking Hotline, the phone number 888 373-7888. Okay. That's the National Human Trafficking Hotline, 888-373-7888. And then here is the number so that you can report missing or child missing children. You can report missing children or child pornography to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, the NCMEC, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And that number is 1-800-THE-LOST, 1-800-THE-LOST. So that's 1-800-843-5678, 1-800-843-5678, 1-800-THE-LOST. And so um, I will put these in the show notes because we have to, um, you know, we can't be silent and we need to be aware uh, of what's of what's going on. And so just the other day, I heard about someone who was um, snatched up and um, because people were paying attention, she ended up being uh, ended up being rescued. And this wasn't this wasn't a, a little, little child, but um you know what? I, I want to share one more thing uh, before I let you go, and that these are very important um, statistics. Also, the average age of a child sex trafficking victim 
is 12 to 14 years old. Uh, between 60 to 70% of trafficking victims are from the child welfare system. Girls with a history of sexual abuse are a higher risk to be trafficked. One in seven runaway children are reported as child sex trafficking victims. And the average lifespan, lifespan of a non-rescued trafficking victim is seven to 10 years from the time they were trafficked. And 3% are trafficked by an employer. 45% of victims are trafficked by a family member. 40% of victims are trafficked by an intimate partner of the victim, and traffickers will abuse, threaten, and withhold needs of their victims to manipulate them. And uh, apparently in 2021, online recruitment accounted for 65% of reported trafficking cases. Off the hook. I wanted to make sure you had those statistics. So Thank you for tuning in to the Adrian Ross show. Um, I'm glad I went to see the movie. As you know, I struggled with the decision, but I made the right decision to go. And I really do feel like God sort of, he shielded me, kind of tucked me in and enabled me to be able to see this. And, um, and I encourage you uh, to do the same. All right. So thank you for tuning in. And of course, I'd love for you to uh, leave a rating review, a rating and a review on a podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, for example. Also, I'd love for you to check out the other podcasters um, on the BMG Network. That's the bmgnetwork.com. And also to go to my Substack, which I, I deal a lot with um, the sexualization of children, the pornographic literature, particularly the book Gender Queer. I've been um, dealing with lately on my Substack. That's adrianross.substack.com. And I would love for you to subscribe there as well. I could absolutely use your support, including your financial support. That's adrianross.substack.com. Sorry that this was late this week, um, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting there, getting there to feeling better, but I didn't want to let the week go. So thank you. And I will catch you next time. God willing, on the Adrian Ross Show. God bless you abundantly.